This is Run Hunter, brought to you by Raider Media. Coming up on this very special edition of the show, we chat to Comrades Marathon record breaker, Hadda Stain. We're also joined by Darren Kubel Brom live in studio. And we're coming to you delayed live from the Grind Coffee Shop. Well, it's been a while, but uh, we are thrilled to be back. Welcome once again to Run Hunter, brought to you by Raider Media. And wow, this is a special edition. Reason being, we are joined by running royalty. Yes, I'm talking about Darren Kubel Brahm. He's graced us with his presence, but who else? We've got Hadda staying in the house. Hadda, congratulations. How are you feeling after an epic Comrades Marathon uprun? Morning, Derek, and morning to all the listeners. Um, thank you for having me back on the show. It's a great honor for me, and yes, uh, I can't still believe I can't. Yeah, I still can't believe what happened, and um, I'm just so super, super delighted. Okay, well, I'll remind you exactly what happened. Uh, you shattered uh, Elena's 2006 record. Um, her record stood at six hours nine minutes and 24 seconds. Your time five hours 58 minutes and 53 seconds. Uh, did you ever envisage getting that, uh, getting to that mark? Uh, absolutely not. I think if you asked me this, if you told me this a few years ago, that it will be me that's breaking this record um, that stood for so many years, um, I would have laughed because yeah, it's still a dream for me. And um, But yes, it, it's the reality and I'm so, so pleased. I mean, I worked hard for it. I started, a few, uh, I started running in 2014 and... Um, Soon after I started, I actually realized that I might have a talent for running, um, uh, especially the ultra marathons. Um, and yes, it, it's been a roller coaster ride since then until now. But yeah, it's, it's amazing, and I'm just so, so, so happy. And uh, you've got uh, your man sitting next to you, Duncan, joining. Uh, of course, for, for people that are close to you, and Duncan, I mean, you'll just chip in here, but and people forget that it's not just about the athletes, it's about the supporters as well. I mean, it's almost as hard, if not harder, given the fact uh, how much you have to put up with. Yep, true. Um, I myself have run three comrades marathons, but I find the supporting part actually a lot, lot harder than the actual race itself. <laughs> Uh, why so? J- just give us an insight into that. Oh, it's. I, th- I think it's just not being in control. Um, it's, 
it's it's just stressful. Um, you know, you know she's in great shape on the day. Um, there's so much can go wrong. And yeah, it's you know you, you see her, uh, I saw her regularly throughout the uh, the race, um, and I knew she was going to run well. I, you know, first time I saw her, I could you know she just had a smile, and I just knew that probably she would break the record. But yeah, 87 kilometers, a lot can go wrong. So, but it was, uh, yeah, it was amazing to witness and, yeah, very proud of her. Uh, it's been described as the near-perfect race. I, I think, could you have run that race any better? I think the race played out really, really well for me. Um, at the start of the race, I promised myself that I won't be focusing on the record on the start line. Um, I had the record in mind, of course. I trained for it, I prepared for it, and I thought that it is possible. But I promised myself that it won't be in my mind from, this, from the gun go. And um, I just so, sort of tried to enjoy the first half. I mean, like Duncan said as well, it's a long way and a lot can go wrong. But um, yeah, it, it's important to try and at least keep your mind off the, the fact that you have to run 87 kilometers um, in a record time that's never been done before. You can't be thinking about that for, for six hours. That is just going to destroy you mentally. So I really focused on just trying to enjoy the first half and taking it in and just I almost imagined being just a social runner and just sort of like just waving to the crowds and stuff and, and it, it seems to work for me so it was only at the halfway mark that I that I started to really say to myself like listen this is your chance you've never been this close to it you have to go for the record and by then I was fortunate enough to already um, have opened a big gap between me and my other competitors and I think that was also calming for me in a way so I wasn't for say racing someone else I could just focus on what I was feeling at the moment and my own running and just getting to the finish line as fast as possible so I can't imagine a more perfect race um, of course I was very very tired at the end but I think that's also, the, it's, it's the right way to race it. You can't Tired, be never. Don't believe it. <laughs> After all those races. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was, it was an incredible day. And external factors like the weather played out really well. It was cloudy. Even though everyone um, forecasted it to be a hot year, we were fortunate to have clouds and even a little breeze at the end. So, I can't ask for a better day. Uh, you can hear the, the noise in the background. Uh, we're very thankful to The Grind for hosting us uh, for this uh, very special edition of the podcast. Uh, it was a last-minute affair because, uh, yeah, you're a very busy woman, as I can understand, especially uh, following uh, your, your fantastic Comrades Marathon efforts. And uh, I've mentioned him earlier, but, uh, yeah, we're going from one extreme, I won't say to the other, but uh, we've got a man who's done plenty of Comrades, Darren Kubal-Brahm. Unfortunately, Darren couldn't quite make it to the finish line, but... Uh, Jeez, you're looking fit and healthy, and uh, you'll be back next year. Yeah, no, definitely, Derek. Um, yeah, the race didn't go as planned. Um, like I said, I was going for my 14th comrades. I've got six medals, and I was hoping for, to get my seventh. So, kind of going now into negatives. Um, um, but yeah, the race the race went pretty well. I, I, up to 58, I was feeling brilliant. I'm enjoying my day, and then at 58 kilometers, uh, I, I was hit with severe cramp. Um, I kind of knew as soon as that cramp hit me, I've never been hit with such a severe cramp. Um, and I kind of knew that if it wasn't going to go away, my race was done. And it didn't go away. So every time I tried to run, uh, immediately that cramp would smash me. And 
I just started having to walk. I could only walk at that stage. Um, I tried to soldier on to 68 just by Umlas Road. I was cut out with about 800 meters to go. So I was pretty beaten on the day. There's, there's no doubt about it. Last year, I managed to get pretty close and, and got cut out. But we'll definitely be back. Um, that's just my personality. Um, even though I was disappointed, I was only disappointed for five minutes. Um, as Khaida knows, it's a, it's a, it's a comrades, is, and it's a, it's a race that's, I mean, we all want to finish it, but there's more to the race. Uh, it, it shows you your character. Um, and like I said to my wife, I've only failed this race if I don't go back. So without a doubt, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll relook at my training. Um, there's a few things I want to do different. Maybe get a coach because there's definitely I'm not doing something right. Are you available, Gerda? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might be. <laughs> Look, I don't want to win the race, but uh, yeah, a medal would be good. Speaking of medals, now Darren's got an amazing story. Are you going to go to that quick? Where's your medal, firstly, Hannah? Um, actually, my medal is just here with me. Oh my goodness, uh, yes, we've got to see it, please. Yes, I brought it with me. So <laughs> I can't wait. I've got it here. Um, Darren's got an amazing story. Listen to this regarding medals. Uh, Darren, if you, if you shed some light on exactly what uh, you've done with yours. Yeah, so uh, look, Comrades has been a, a, a. From when I was a young boy, uh, Comrades has been something special to me. Um, and it was my mother and. Myself, we'd follow this race religiously every year. Um, I remember in Standard 3, um, I had a speech to do and I actually went to Bruce Fordyce's house. And that's where my love for comrades came, where I actually interviewed him um, regarding his, he had at that stage won four comrades. Um, anyway, my mother and I had this love for comrades and I always promised her that I would do the comrades. Um, she got cancer and uh, I remember that was when I was in, just came out the army, and I promised her if she had survived this, I would do the comrades. She did. Two years later, she was at the finish line, and uh, I finished the comrades. The strange thing about this is I've done 14, finished six. All six were with my mother standing at the finish line, and the ones I missed, she hasn't been there. So the last one I did was in 2014, and she came, she actually flew down to. Uh, come and see me and she had never flown before because she was so scared I finished that one with two minutes to spare unfortunately she passed away then in 2015 and uh, her last words to me was please do the comrades again which I've been trying to do I don't know if it's something in my mind that's stopping me from finishing this thing without her at the finish line but I just haven't been able to do it without her at the finish line I don't have any medals left because I gave all my medals to my mother. I put it in her coffin when she passed on uh, because I feel that she was the reason that I finished all those comrades, knowing that she was at the end. So it's kind of like a monkey on my back to get this medal. Um, And that's why I say I only want one more medal. It's just that medal will be for myself, um, that I know I've done the race for myself. What a story. What a story indeed, and it just sums up almost the whole comrades. I mean, here I am, it's my fifth comrades, I'm, I'm not even 30 years old, and people are asking me what I feel and what I think and what happened, but this st- stories like this is actually what makes the comrades so special, and it's not about the winner, it's not about who breaks the record, records will be broken again in the future, but stories and experiences like this is, is it, it builds it's, it's worth a lifetime and it, it, yeah, it just becomes so a part of 
who you are and all the other 20,000 runners there. It, it's such an incredible race. And once you are a part of it, it will never leave your soul. It will be engraved in you. And it's so, so special to hear this and to share it with you. I, I feel honored. <laughs> Kat, I, I just had a, a, a touch of your medal. I was a bit scared to, to drop it, so I, I very gingerly gave it back to you. But, wow, that's a, an impressive piece of uh, medallia. Oh, yeah, it's very beautiful. Um, the, the day after the race, I was wearing it like I, like I should. <laughs> I went to have a few cold beers with a few friends. I, I actually got sent some photos from yeah. a friend of mine. Oh, really? From the night you were with him, and he had... The medal around his neck. No, I was wearing this medal, but I said to Duncan as well, I think the person who designed this medal didn't think the one who would earn it or who's going to get it is going to wear it for an entire day because my <laughs> neck was almost in a spasm for wearing it. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Here's a photo. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it was a good night. <laughs> he, he's actually a feature on our show as well, Tech Steve. Uh, he did a very good race, uh, Heidi. Yeah, he, he trained well and he ran with a friend of his. Um, he promised her that he would train and run with her for her back-to-back. And I think he could have done a sub-10 and then ended up doing just on over 11 with her. Uh, and again, it just shows you the spirit of comrades. Um, he could have done way better but decided that he'd rather stay with somebody from start to finish, which I think is a brilliant achievement to, to go through those highs and lows with that person on the route all the way from the start. Um, is brilliant from his side. So yeah, he did a, just over 11. I think he did 11.05. Duncan, you say you've done three. Uh, is the fourth in the offing? Um, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, as long as she's running, I don't think I will because I'm, I wouldn't be able to enjoy it. I don't think I, I, I prefer to watch. But yeah, um, definitely I will do it again. I used to do it with a big gr- uh, group of mates from Dubai. We used to come down the I think 24 in 2013 that was the first year I did it uh, yeah and we just got hooked on the atmosphere and the just the whole history behind the event and it it's snowballed since then and I think even in my old running club in Dubai now they had I think 28 came down from Dubai wow. just from one running club just to run this race how, how did you two meet? Um, we met at a running club in <laughs> Dubai um, <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, she, she turned up and wanted, yeah, wanted people to run with, brand new runner. And we all knew within a few weeks that there was something pretty special because she was, well, she was beating us all within about <laughs> about a month. <laughs> Your side of the story? Yes, that's um, what happened. So um, I moved abroad for a job. Uh, I was, a, before I used to be a quantity surveyor and of course uh, getting a job in Dubai is like the, at that moment felt like the dream job. So I, I moved abroad and as soon as I got there I thought well I don't know anybody so I know a little, I, I know I enjoy jogging but not that I'm a, a runner. <laughs> but um, so I wasn't competitive at all and I thought if I join the running club I'm sure I'll meet some friends there and like Duncan said that is where we met we actually met the first night that I showed up at the running club so then Duncan was one of the first people I met there and I was surprised by all these expats that's telling me that they, they, they go to South Africa every year to do the comrades like I watched the race since I was a little girl but I, at that moment, it wasn't on my mind to also participate. I mean, it's like maybe one day, but 
I wasn't even doing marathons or anything at that stage. And um, yes, I just started running with the guys and it was a social thing more than anything at that moment. But yes, uh, I definitely, I could see some improvement quite rapidly and I just got hooked, like, you know, totally hooked and bitten by that bug and here I still am today. It, it absolutely blows my mind and I always wonder if within us all there's a talent which we would absolutely be brilliant at and a lot of people haven't managed to find that talent. You found yours undoubtedly so I'm sure there's plenty other talents that, that you possess inside you that you haven't discovered but I, I can imagine there's so many people out there that, that haven't really gone after their passion and realized how good they are at something and, and for someone to do so well at something so late into their, their life uh, considering running I mean you, you, normally people start when they're fairly early but I mean to be able to discover that and then to destroy the competition and it, it's unheard of but it's actually it's very true what you say like you want it makes you wonder how many people are there out there that can do it and or, or look they can't do that <laughs> you, you, you're on the top there but, no, but uh, let's talk about other sports yes or even not even sports other talents I don't know art or, or anything that you've just never had the opportunity to discover and that's why I just feel like I need to embrace this and for me it's almost like I don't know I've never set limits for myself so it's not that I've been a junior and I know that I can run the mile at this pace and I've tried 100 times and that is the best I can do. So in my mind, there's no limit. So I, d I don't know what I'm capable of. And it's actually, it, is, it feels free. I'm, I feel free when I run because I don't know what is the limit and I don't limit myself to only a certain distance either. I think... I can I can try out anything and that's also why I like I'm interested in triathlons because what if I've got a talent there it, it's a real it's such a it's such a great place to be in to 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 be limitless and I hope that others will see this and without me even having to say it to just that they'll see it and that I really mean it and that it can it is actually a reality you speak about triathlons and you certainly strike me as a person who who wants to achieve more constantly so now you've You've won the Comrades Marathon. Is that something that you're going to continue to pursue? I mean, are there, do you want to be the, the Bruce Fordyce of the ladies, for instance? Um, or, or, or now do you want to focus on triathlons? Or do you want to become the world's best quantity surveyor? You know, when I'm at home and I sit and I think I must write down goals, then I start writing and then I scratch it out again and then I start writing again. And But it always comes back to the comrades you know there's there's a lot of things that i would love to do and there's a lot of goals that i have that's not for say comrades but when i when i really think about it and when i when i sit quietly it's comrades it will always be comrades there's not a day in my life that goes by that i don't think of that that atmosphere the whole it, it's like a, a, an entire country is even in not even the country even worldwide it's just everything just comes together and that race just brings out the core human beings and it's just so beautiful and yes so there are other goals but i will always be back at comrades it will never leave me there's a, a special moment during the race and darren you alluded to it regarding Hada and and the litter yeah i thought that was great eh? um, <laughs> and i see it's made it's like it's on social media all over the place where uh, you're running and you had the mind to still take out your I think it was a goo word, Joel, and throw it in the rubbish bin. And, and at the moment, there's such talk about runners and how dirty we are and just throw our stuff all over the place. But 
I, I said to Derek, like, you running at that pace, coming in, and I'm not sure where it was, but you were flying down that, uh, that stretch, and you see where you take that goo out and actually throw it into the, the dustbin, and that's absolutely amazing that you had the, the mind to still do that and, and, and think about the environment at that stage. Uh, yes, uh, thank you for that, and I'm, I'm glad that it could, <laughs> it was, it went, someone recorded it and put it on social media because I think it does carry quite a message. There's always time to, be, to pick up after yourself. We have a beautiful country. We've got such amazing nature and there's no reason for us to just throw litter. It doesn't matter if you're in a race or if you're on your own. It, it's a message to everyone, but I can also say that being a girl, it helps quite a, a bit to have a crop top that you can carry everything like a kangaroo and then when you go past the bin. But yes, I hope that everyone can follow this. Um, it's, uh, quite a, it's quite uh, something to see if I tra- when I train abroad and um, to go out on trails and into the mountains. And I often go for hours out on the trails and I won't even see one person, but also I won't see one bit of litter. And it's so beautiful to see. There's, no, there's not even bins. It's not that people throw it in bins and someone else come and clean the bin after them. You just carry your stuff with you and you throw it away at home. And I think that it is a good message. And in South Africa, on our races, we have plastic sachets, water sachets, whereas I know in international races, they don't allow that because of the, the litter. And But everyone here loves the plastic sachets because they're also handy. So I think um, it's, it's important for us to know that it, it might not be the most... Uh, you know green way of fueling or getting water in so I think um, if we want this uh, yeah if we want to keep this going we better make sure that we pick up after ourselves and and, and take care of the nature well you speak about beautiful countries uh, Duncan you said uh, you, you you two met in Dubai I can take it from the accent you're not originally from Dubai um, how long have you been living here for and uh, is that uh, for the con- indefinite future well, I'm from England, as you can probably guess, from the north of England, at, uh, about an hour from Newcastle. Um, when is it going to stop raining? Because we want to s- watch some cricket. Never. Uh, <laughs> it's always been good when you've been over there. That is true. <laughs> um, I actually still work in Dubai. I'm a pilot with Emirates. Um, so we sort of split our time at the moment, um, which it, it's okay. It works out works out quite well because in in the summer Dubai is insanely hot it gets up to 50 degrees so um, for training then it's not good but actually in the winter it's uh, it's not bad for training it's you know it gets down to 12 degrees at night and the, the, the facilities there are very good they've got fantastic tracks gyms um, so yeah so we, we just split our time at the moment when uh, when do you go back uh, for your next trip um, actually I've got to go tomorrow but um, I'll be back, I think, in about 10 days' time. I, I've, I've got a flight to Dubai on the, the 4th of July, ending up in London via Emirates. Well, uh, I haven't got my July roster yet, but you never know. Listen out <laughs> for the I'll, name I'll, of the pilot. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drop you a line if I've got a London or a... Ooh, I'm excited. Aren't you flying Emirates in a couple of days? Um, yeah, we're going to Italy. Via Emirates? Uh, yeah, Abu Dhabi. Oh, uh, no, no, that's yeah. the other one. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. one we don't speak of. Yeah. <laughs> the one down the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and what does the future hold for you now, Kat? I mean, I, I know it's a, a question you're probably fielding nonstop, uh, given what's happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, last time we chatted, it was on the eve of uh, Two Oceans. And you're looking to defend your title. And then I said, look, I know it's early days, but 
we got to talk about the devil. Now the devil's been done and dusted. Uh, as again, triathlons, are you looking for that? What's next? Uh, yes, uh, I think after having a good recovery, now after Comrades, um, I mean, Two Oceans and Comrades was quite close to each other. I don't recommend or prefer doing races so close to each other. Um, but that's just the way it played out. Um, we sat at the beginning of the year and we had to make the decision whether I'm going to try and uh, run both or not. Um, it was a risk to take, but it worked out well. Um, I managed to recover after two oceans and uh, still run comrades. Even I think even I improved my fitness a little bit in between the two races, which was, <laughs> um, yeah, it came to a surprise. So I was happy about that. But... I'm not going to just uh, <laughs> try and keep the streak going, so I'll recover while well. I'm going to take at least a month off now of running, just enjoying other activities. I will walk or swim or cycle or whatever I feel like doing, if I feel like doing anything, um, but not focus on running at all. So um, after that, uh, I think my next goal will be to do a marathon at the end of the year. Um, yes, at the very end probably of the year, November, December. And then um, I will hopefully, uh, I'll try to qualify for the Olympics in, uh, in 2020. Talk us through the, the Olympics. I mean, that, that is a massive goal. Yes, absolutely. I think you don't often get the opportunity to go to the Olympics as an athlete and it's not also something that I've been thinking of for a long time. I started when I started running like I explained before, it was immediately ultra marathons and as we know that um, the Olympics the furthest distance is the standard marathon which is 42.2 kilometers and um, the qualifying time for the Olympics next year will for a, for a female will be two hours and 29 minutes and 30 seconds so um, that will be my goal at the moment my marathon base time is about a minute and a half slower than that so I'll definitely have to put some work in to first qualify and then after that um, have the opportunity to go. Now, you, you're part of Nedbank Running Club. You've got your coach. But, Duncan, how much of a hands-on role do you play uh, with regards to who had his running? I mean, do you, do you keep on top of things with regards to numbers and times, uh, making sure she eats correctly, etc.? No, the eating, I'll leave to her. Um, I, yeah, I mean, we, we run together um, on her easy days. I'll run with her. Um, but I try and, yeah, I try and support her. She's quite... She does you know, a lot of her training on her own, which that's what she seems to enjoy doing. Um, I think it makes you mentally strong. Um, but, you know, it's nice to run in a group sometimes, but a lot of training is done, done on her own. When, when is the most strenuous part in preparing for comrades? Uh, what period? Uh, I mean, Darren, you can chip in here as well. Um, I mean, I know we've got the tapering as we head just t towards uh, the starter's gun. But, I mean, what period do you find, jeez, uh, why am I doing this? <laughs> um, I think my, my training normally, um, I would build up, let's say, three months before an event. My training will start and um, I build up gradually, um, increasing kilometers, especially the long runs. Um, my distances increase every, every week or 10 days, whichever my, however my program is set out. And then you'll have a peak, uh, peak weeks. So I'll have about three weeks where I peak in distance and uh, intensity. Um, so that's normally about a month before the event will be my peak month. And it, it's, it's a very delicate 
time because it's not only the fact that you are training more, it's also your immune system, everything that's taking strain. So you have to be so careful not to be to get a bug or a virus or something in that month because if you miss those three or four crucial weeks, you miss a big chunk of your training. And um, I'm always very, very careful in that time. So closer to the, after that, you start to sort of um, take it a little bit easier again, um, decrease your mileage. I would increase my intensity a little bit after that, but the mileage goes down and then after that, your immunity also builds up a little bit more. So yes, I would say a month before an event is my most crucial time. And food-wise? Um, my diet at the moment, I don't follow a strict diet. I don't follow a plan or weigh my food or cut out any major uh, food groups or anything. I think I have quite a balanced diet. Um, I make sure that I take a lot of protein, especially after um, strenuous exercise. Uh, but also I, I eat a lot of carbs, carbohydrates. Um, I don't cut it out at all. So... No, I think I've got a fairly balanced diet. One thing that I do focus on is trying to get as much as I can nutrients from my food. So I sometimes, like I say, in peak training, I would um, add supplements such as omega-3 or multivitamins, etc. But I try to take as much as I can um, nutrients from the food that I take and as it seems to work for me. It's astounding. Uh, I absolutely can't believe... I mean, Duncan, I don't think you realize just what an athlete you've got in your hands here. I mean, this is almost supernatural. <laughs> Darren, you must be blown away. No, definitely. And uh, I said before Gerda came here, it, it amazed me. I remember coming through halfway um, and Gerda had beaten me. Oh, no. <laughs> and I remember saying to the people around me that this is just unbelievable that someone, a human being, can actually r run faster, like literally pass us double the distance. Um, yeah, so it's, an, it's absolutely amazing. Kada made a, a valid point now about the training in April and May, and I think that could have been possibly where I, 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 I came short. The whole of April and the whole of May, I literally was injured with that hamstring injury that I had. So I missed out on important uh, distance, um, and I think that could have hurt me. I only ended up with about 700 Ks training towards this race. So I think next year going in, I think that April-May period is, is, is extremely important. Um, to be able to run that those two months and get the best out of those two months towards the Comrades Marathon. Yeah, I, I, I just sit here in amazement uh, for, to both of you. I mean, for Darren, the amount of Comrades you've done for Canada for, for absolutely obliterating the record. You're also the 17th person to cross the finish line, 16 men ahead of you. Is that something that, that you're pretty proud of too? Uh, yes, I was surprised. I, I didn't know my position overall until only later on um, when we had a press conference after the race and then they mentioned that I was 17th overall. So I, di I didn't know, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, quite, uh, it's quite a sight to see when you start passing the previous male winners of the race and seeing them really <laughs> struggling and, and battling to the finish line, whereas I was, I was struggling at the moment, but I was still moving right you know quickly or so it, it it it's quite a humbling sight to see actually i didn't feel any like pride at that moment <laughs> to to pass them I, I felt actually sorrow for them but um no i'm 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 amazed as well um i know Fre van der Marwe, um 
on her down run record, she finished in 15th place overall. So um, I haven't quite got the highest position ever by a woman, but um, no, I'm very, very happy with that. I saw some people mention that you finally got the monkey off, off your back regarding comrades. Do you feel that way though? Because, I mean, you've done astoundingly in other races. Um, of course, it was the one big one that you wanted to achieve. Um, you haven't done... Uh, so many comrades that it was something that you just couldn't achieve but I mean I wouldn't say it's a monkey I just think it's, it's something you finally got no uh, it was definitely a, a monkey for at least a year that was sitting on my back so I do feel relieved in a way but I don't feel like I'm done now and I sort of can just retire now and put it behind me That it, it's a funny feeling it's like yes I, I've got the dark I've got rid of the dark cloud but it just I just can't wait to line up again Oh, well, I, I can't wait. Oh, what was that, Duncan? <laughs> so, Duncan, uh, you're off again to the UAE. How are you guys managing uh, the, the, the distance between the two of you? Oh, it's fine. Uh, you know, we're never more than usually a week. Okay. Without, yeah, so it's, it, it's fine. Um, we've been, we're actually in the Alps training for this. We trained with um, Steve Way, who was third last year, unfortunately, got injured during the race and another guy Anthony Clark so we had three and a half weeks training in the Alps with them which was fantastic I, th I think it actually made made, made it what was the difference this year between last year uh, yeah well I, I think it's uh, pretty much time to wrap up any more questions uh, Darren from you to to Kat and Duncan no just uh, congratulations again I think it's amazing um, yeah and I'll well won't see you on the road next year but I'll be there at the back somewhere so uh, good luck for next year's race oh thank you so much and best of luck to your race as well uh, I am passing my energy on to you and I'm sure you are going to get that medal next year I will congratulate you myself and please just contact me anytime if you need advice thanks Gada Thank you. Can, can that apply to me as well as I look to get my first Comrades uh, medal? I will see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan, it's been a pleasure. Darren, thank you so much. And Hadis Stain, wow, what an honor it is to be in the presence of greatness when you talk about running and who knows, in the future, triathlons, quantity surveying, uh, Dubai tourism, <laughs> who knows? All, all in the above. Uh, listen, travel safely and uh, we'll see you soon. Hopefully not in a year's time uh, because there's still plenty to achieve, but uh, I can't wait uh, to see you again. Thank you so much.